Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. In my life, personally, breakthrough means my, my family's got to get saved. And one by one, they are. My, my, my uh, church has to grow. It's got to be a weapon to reach lost people and disciple people in the community. I'm not pastoring because I needed a job. I'm pastoring because it's a calling for this city, and this city needs a light in the darkness. Hello. Uh, the breakthrough that Cody talked about for Michaela and her granddad meant granddad's got to get saved. They caught him three breaths away from eternity. Three breaths. She said it was two minutes from the time they got in there till he was dead. That's like, okay, we need a breakthrough. We need it now. But what are we looking for? Granddad's got to get saved. I'm not going to heaven without granddad being there. And so it's very, very important that we start to look through the eyes of faith. What's possible in your world right now that doesn't look probable? What is it in your world right now that you need a breakthrough in? So the question is, how desperate are you for it? Whatever that is. I don't get frivolous with it, and I don't like get blasé and passive. Passive and breakthrough just, I don't know, in my vocabulary, they don't seem to go together. I don't think passivity is it. I think getting a heart that's burning for God that, that, and ears that are itching for God to speak to me and eyes that are open and inclined towards him and, and looking at what do you want, God, show it to me. And, and, and then God starts to speak, but not if you're not hungry. God's not, not going to yell and, and try to follow you around. Hey, do you want to listen? No, I'm too busy now, God. Yeah, do you, but I want to show you something. Not, not now, God. Not, not. God's, God's God. He's the Lord. He's the, the ruler of the universe. He's the almighty one. I mean, my goodness, you know, I think it's up to us to get on our knees and seek him, not the other way around. He's not chasing you around. You got to chase him. You've got to acknowledge him and open, our, open your eyes and you'll start to see what breakthrough looks like. I was thinking about this the other day, but if you've ever been flying and um, one of the Best things that I love about flying, and that's like going, it could be anywhere. It could be just a flight down to Sydney or something, but uh, the day could be like today, rainy, overcast, and you get in that airplane, and, you know, somebody up in that cockpit, you know, they put thrust to that thing, and, and you know you're rolling, you know when you're finally on takeoff, you've turned, the plane's turned, all of that, you, you, you're like, and you feel yourself going back in the seat, and then there's, there's aviation terms like uh, attitude is actually an aviation term. It means where the, where, where the nose of the plane is, is up or down. That's the attitude of, of the plane. Get it? We've got attitude happening in our lives that are going to determine where we're going to go for a breakthrough. And then there's thrust applied. Those engines start to roll in, you know, those big Rolls Royce, whatever they are, and they're sucking up all that, that jet fuel, and you just feel the power of that thing, and, and it puts you back in your seat, and the, and the attitude points the nose up, and it's like we're taking off. We're taking off. We're about to take off. The law of lift kicks in, and, and, and the air goes underneath those wings, and the configuration is right, and, and the nose is right, and the thrust is right, so the airspeed is right. And pretty soon, 
you do something amazing. And this is what amazes me. I love this part about flying is no matter what the weather was like, no matter what the ceiling was like here with the, with the, the darkness and the clouds and the rain, there's a point where that plane breaks through and there's blue sky up there or there's stars at night and you think, wow, this is so, what a beautiful day it is. You know, it was a lousy day, but now it's, it's beautiful all of a sudden. I'm looking down at those clouds from, from a different vantage point. And so breakthrough is like that. It, it takes you from whatever your world looks like into an open heaven where anything's possible and every day is beautiful. And every night is crystal clear and you can see the stars and everything else. And so um, my, my, my message this morning is called What's Stopping You? Yeah, what's, what's stopping you? And the answer to that, uh, last time we preached, um, which was a couple weeks ago for me, it was breakthrough number one. Uh, the answer to that we found in Proverbs chapter, 20, uh, chapter 4 and verse 23. And I want to go there for a moment. What's stopping you? What will it take for your breakthrough? Again, if you don't know what breakthrough looks like, seek God on that. Start to just dream bigger, and, 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 but ask the question, what, what's it going to take? What's stopping me from my breakthrough? Proverbs 4.23 in the uh, New International says this, above all else, and I, I really encourage you to read all of chapter 4 uh, of, of Proverbs there. It's just loaded up with gold. It was everything I could do not to actually just pull it apart and teach on it this morning, but I didn't feel to. Uh, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows out of it. That's a pretty big statement. Everything you do flows out of it. In other words, it's an inside job. Proverbs 4.23 in the New King James Version, I love this, keep your heart. Like a person keeps a garden. Keep or guard your heart, another translation, with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. We looked at that word issues, and it's actually the word boundaries. And uh, a boundary is something that separates one thing from another. Or, 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 uh, there's boundaries all through life that we, that we have issues. The border boundaries, like a, a river that separates one nation from another or one state from another state. And so an accurate reading of Proverbs 4.23 would be this. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the boundaries of life. Now those boundaries are what you have to break through. That's the breaking point. That's the, the liftoff point. That's the point where, you know, you're going to break through into uh, something higher where there is blue sky and where there, there is fruit that abounds. So there has to be a boundary for a breakthrough, a boundary to break through, something that separates this from that. Now, the boundaries of breakthrough are also on the inside of your heart. But most of us want something on the outside. We're looking for a breakthrough out there somewhere. And in fact, a lot of our songs kind of go that way. We're looking for, God, do something. God, change the situation. Change the circumstances of my life. Cause money to fly, fly down out of heaven. Do something out there. Uh, call the miracle. 
And, and I believe in miracles, but I believe that most of life is not run on miracles. Most of life isn't just uh, God doing something, and then we just go about our merry way with these boundaries, these issues, if you will, in our heart, because we've got issues that God wants to address more than he even wants to address those circumstances that are out there. But what it is that's stopping us, what's stopping you, is something on the inside of your heart more than it is an outside job. We want circumstances to change, but we don't want to change. Oh, no, 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 I'm not, you don't understand. Uh, that's just the way I am. Uh, yes, I've got issues, but doesn't everybody? Uh, I've got issues, but I'm not willing to change those issues. I want God to change circumstances on the outside and do what I'm not willing to do on the inside. You've got issues. There are people here that have major issues that you picked up somewhere along the way. Maybe you were born with those issues, but God's not there to compliment you in your victimhood. God's there to be with you and to change you from the inside out. I love the fact that we had an election, but an election itself isn't going to change the world. It's going to be people that, that are represented by those politicians. Not the politician's job to change my heart. They're not going to change my heart. And, 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 and sometimes politicians, and it's not unlike churches, they just pander to, uh, you know, to, to look at those, those issues that people have and compliment those issues. And I'm going to help you feel really good about those issues because we don't want to change anything, do we? We don't want to come to church and change. We want to walk out the same way we came in, get a pump-up job, and, and, and clap and, and, and cheer and everything else. And somehow something out there is just going to be a miracle. It's going to drop into my life, and everything on my circumstances are going to change so that I can stay scrawny and weak on the inside. That's not going to happen. God's not in that one. God has asked, asked he is after courage. He's after people that, that acknowledge the issue, but they're not going to live in that issue. God is after something called faith. He marveled at faith, but he also marveled at unbelief. He's after somebody that says, yeah, I got these issues, but God on the inside of me is addressing those things, and I'm listening to his voice, and those boundaries, those things that separate where I'm at from where God wants to take me, those boundaries are meant for breakthrough, and I'm about to break through in those things. I'm going hard for it because I know nothing really is going to change on the outside until something changes on the inside. Yeah. Now, the biggest breakthrough, and I said this uh, the other week, that you can have is a breakthrough into someone, not just through something. Sometimes we, again, you know, not to bomb that target too hard, but, you know, we're looking for that thing out there to break through in that thing, whereas God's like, no, you need to break into someone, and that someone is me. So when you break into God, you, you get into that open heaven, that space where anything is possible, and, and your outside situation will bow its knee when the inside situation and you bows there, you bow your knee. So what's stopping you from your breakthrough? Well, the answer to that is you. What's really stopping you? What are you unwilling to believe? Because until you do believe it, you won't receive it. What are you willing to become? Because when you believe, you will become who you believe you are. The breakthrough in you. 
And so God uh, gives these boundaries, and these boundaries uh, sometimes are good, not just things in our heart that we need to, you know, stop doing or those kinds of issues. They're also boundaries that are really good. A boundary is a separation. It's between one thing and another. And separation can be a good thing. Not if you're married. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of separation right now, although there are times where a break, you're going to get hurt if you don't take a break. But uh, we're not going there this morning, so this is not about that. But uh, some of the boundaries that we have are to protect us. Some of the boundaries are to protect others. Some are for just for you to break through into something. But none of us are there to stop. No boundary is there to stop you from your destiny. But separation or boundary is good when it's God. So I want you to go with me and just very briefly, I'm going to show you that separation is a God thing often, and we, we need to recognize that aspect. In Genesis chapter 1, we're just look, going to look uh, at a few um, verses here just to show you that, about, that boundaries or separation can be a God thing. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Separation. Everybody say separation. separation. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty, like a lot of our lives. And this really is uh, almost like a, a metaphor, if you will, a type or a shadow of our lives. Now the earth, your heart sometimes, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. You might be here and you feel that that's the way that you are right now without form and void and, and darkness in your life. But the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light. That's what the entrance of God's Word does is it brings light or revelation. It reveals the truth is what's what we're doing right now this morning in verse 4. And God saw the light was good and He separated the light from the darkness. Everybody say, he separated. he separated. And then verse 5, and he called the light day, and he called the darkness night, and there was evening, and there was morning. It was the first day. And then God said, let there be a vault between the, the waters to separate, say separate, separate, water from water. See, God is into separation. It's a God thing. Verse 7, and so God made the vault and separated, everybody say separated, separated the water under the vault from the water above, and so it was so. And God called the vault sky, and it was evening, and there was morning, and the second day. You know, I love the fact that God is into boundaries to be broken, that God is so much in the breakthrough that God causes separations or lines of demarcation from one thing to another. I love the fact that if there wasn't sky, then we wouldn't get, get to fly. If, if, if it was all, you know, just one consistent big blob of, I don't know, whatever it would be, mass or something, like you could never break through into anything. The fact that there's earth and there's sky, it, it challenges man to fly. God, God made it that way. He put these birds in the air. It's like, see those things. And, and people, you know, before they discovered the law of lift and how to fly and the Wright brothers and all of that, they probably looked at those birds and, and, and dreamt about that and, and thought, wouldn't that be great if we could do that? Yeah. Oh, when I die, you know, I'd love to come back as a bird. 
so I could just soar so high and see things from that vantage point. And, and, and that separation caused man's imagination to kick in and for the ingenuity and the creativity that God gave us to challenge us because separation or boundaries can be a God thing. It can be a God thing for our creativity and our faith to kick in so that we can do things that, that, that bring God pleasure and bring us great pleasure. Verse 9, God said, let the waters under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. And then verse 10, God called the dry ground land and he gathered the waters he called seas and God saw that it was good. So again, God, God made the sea, I believe, for us to explore the great unknown. So he put something in there, a difference between land and sky and, and, and land and sea. He made it for us to explore, I believe. In verse 14, and God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night. And he let them, ser let them serve as signs uh, to mark sacred times and days and years. Again, there's a separation between seasons. There's a separation uh, chronologically with, with, with years and days and weeks and months and everything else. In verse 17, And God set them in the vault of the sky to give light to the earth, to govern the day and the night. And then verse 18, And to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And then God went on and created uh, the whole universe and everything else which was already there, but uh, God made a separation and he, sh and, and he showed man the stars of the sky so that, in other words, so this universe is so big that you don't even have to, you don't even have to stop with the sky. The universe is so big that you don't have to just have your feet on the ground. The universe is so big that it's challenging you to step out and explore it. And people are doing that right now. There are, you know, Voyager and satellites and things going out there that, that are just traveling ridiculous amounts of, of distance between here and the earth. They're discovering, you know, black holes and, and all of that stuff. My father, your father, your heavenly father created all of that. I mean, how awesome is that? How big is the mind of Christ? How big is God's imagination? Aren't you glad that God causes separation and boundaries for you to break through? Yeah. Oh, wouldn't it be boring? Wouldn't this life just be so boring if there was nothing to break through into? I would, I would, I would really not like it. I'll just put it that way. Uh, I, would, uh, I would find... A boring world where there's no boundaries to break through, no separation, nothing to, to cause me to dream even bigger, which the universe does, would just be so, so boring. So the reason for your breakthrough, we're going to look at that. The reason for your breakthrough is so you can be fruitful and increase. Again, uh, uh, but what's stopping you? Verse uh, 28 of, of, of the same chapter in Genesis 1 again. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. You need to have a breakthrough, really, so that your life can be full of fruit. Fruit is, the, is just the rewards uh, uh, of your life, your labors, your, your faith. Be fruitful. Have your breakthrough to get fruit. And, and, and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. I believe that man has done that. We have, you know, we still haven't mastered. They still don't know a lot about a lot what's under under the ocean right now, let alone out there with black holes and outer space and everything else. But 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 breakthrough looks like this: be fruitful and increase in number. No matter what it is that you're believing for to break through. It means fruitfulness in, in whatever areas or area that is. It means increase in, in number. That's the commission that God gave to them. So what's stopping you from bearing more fruit? What's stopping you from increasing your life? What's stopping you from your breakthrough? Well, we're only going to look at something, but it's very critical this morning. And, and uh, I am flying, but uh, Luke chapter 13, I want to read 6 to 9. And I want to look at fruit. And what it is and how important it is for God, because fruit is on the other side of breakthrough. Verse 6, then he told a parable. This is Jesus speaking. A man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit. That's the mandate on humanity. He, he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. And so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming out to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Now, I like that because that's about the time of Jesus' ministry here on the earth from when he started until he was uh, taken up into heaven after cruci crucifixion. He had about three, three and a half years uh, of ministry uh, on the planet. What was he looking for? He was looking for fruit. He was looking for a vineyard. Where, where the hearts of humanity that were calling upon the name of God would be increasing and bearing fruit for humanity, that they would be fruitful and multiply because they're made in his image. And so it says here, he, he, he went to the guy and he said, cut it down. Cut this tree down. Separation. Why should it take up the soil? I... I Think about that for this church. God has blessed us so much. We are right here within literally about a minute walk from here to get into the major shopping mall uh, on the Sunshine Coast. We are here and they're building a smart city right next door. They've taken over, you know, the golf course and they're turning it into a smart city. We are here where, where the internet cables come in from overseas. We are in a strategic place in the city to be fruitful and increase and multiply in the city. Not to take up space, not to just take up the soil and a building and people's time and resources. It, you know, if we're not going to do something with the resources, then God's going to remove us. That's the way God is. Be fruitful and multiply is not a suggestion. Increase is not, oh, I've got a good suggestion. If you guys feel like it, maybe, maybe if you're up to it, you know, after Netflix and when you finish doing all the other nice things, you know, walking on the beaches that I created and, and, and going for a little dip and everything, maybe if you feel like it, if it feels good to you, if you have a little bit of spare time for God because, you know, don't seek first my kingdom or what I want for you. But, you know, after all of, all of your stuff gets done, maybe then you might think about uh, your, your city and where I planted you. No, friend. We're, we're to be a light in this city. 
We've got a mission here, not just to take our schools and for young people, and our young people are doing it. I met with our youth, uh, some of our youth leadership during the week, and I just told them, you are, you are in one of the hardest demographics that there is because you're hitting uh, people when they're going through adolescence. Wow, you know, young men are getting introduced to something called testosterone. Hello? You know, your little baby who is quite placid and, you know, your little boy, all of a sudden now he's a rager. He's got, you know, pimples and hairs coming out on his face. And, and, he, and he's like, you know, what's happened to my boy? He's got, he's got testosterone going through it. That's what he's got. And, and your little girl, you know, it's the same deal. She's getting image and, and, and self-conscious about things. And, you know, things are moving in a direction that you can't control it. What a scary thing as a parent. Like, what's happened? My children, they're turned into, you know, uncontrollable. Not all the time, but, you know, they've got issues. And that's, that's, that's the ministry that our youth people are involved in. It's like, you guys are champions, man. Do you realize how hard that is? And there's other seasons of life, too, and you're in one. You're not just going to go and go into, you're go, leaving one, going into one. You're, you're always in a season of life, and it's, it's not always that easy. But God still says, I, I want you to utilize what I've given you. Why does your life take up the soil? Because if it's just nothing, you're going to go back to the soil probably a lot quicker than, than if, you don't, if, you, if you had a purpose. You know, from, from ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and so goes us. <laughs> uh, I would rather go, okay, I, I know why my life takes up the soil. It's fruitfulness and increase. I got that. That's a broad category, and I should be able to fit something in there, find something in that one because it's big enough. But then we look at our lives sometimes, and, we're, and our lives are full of dead junk in our hearts. If there's dead junk in your life, it's because there's dead junk in your heart. The clutter in your life is because you got clutter in your heart. It's just that simple. And so what does he say? Separate. Separation. Remember I said separation is a God word. It's a good word when it's a God word. You've got to separate some things. You've got to cut some things back, cut some things out, get rid of some stuff. Why is it taking up the soil? And so we hit this in, uh, in Mark 11 now. We're going to go with this, and uh, we'll close in a moment. Uh, Mark 11, because Jesus is about to encounter a fig tree for real. The first time he's talking about it, it's a metaphor, a parable. Now, all of a sudden, this is reality now. And, and have a look at this. We'll, we'll just go Mark 11 and uh, in, in verse 12. I want to read this. And uh, Jesus says, curses a fig tree. That's the caption, but that's not actually in the Bible. It's just the caption of what they've written in the commentators. In verse 12, the next day as they were leaving Bethany, and I've been there, it's uh, on the Mount of Olives. It's looking across the valley. It's looking at Jerusalem as the city over there on a hill. And Jesus was hungry. He sees uh, in the distance a fig tree and leaf. And he went to find out if it had any fruit. And not unlike the one in Luke that we read about, when he reached it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the season for figs. How hardly seems fair to the fig tree. It's not, it's not the season. Don't come looking for fruit on me. It's, it's not the season right now. And then he says to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. 
And his disciples heard him say it. <laughs> I used, I've read that so many times. And I, got, and I just asked the question, what did the tree do wrong? Well, is it the tree's fault? Uh, but hear me in this. There's something called the first fruits. There's at least one little thing that comes out on most trees that tells you what it is. Even if it's just a little scrawny something that somebody that's hungry like Jesus could grab a hold of and nibble. But, but that fig tree represents Israel, really. And if you look at it, Israel's the fig tree here. And, and, and look what he does here, because this is amazing. And it's going to lead us to something else. Uh, but he comes seek, seeking fruit. And that fruit doesn't always look like increase and multiplication. But now he gets into Jerusalem. It says he entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple. He is some ticked off. Starts with looking at that fig tree and saying, nobody's going to eat off you ever again. And then he goes down and, and, he, and he goes through that valley up into the temple on the temple mount. And, and, and he says, it is, not is it not written in my house to be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you made it a den of thieves. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. And then evening came and he went out of the city. Now, What's happening here actually is all part of this narrative with this fig tree and, and you know, cut it down. Why does it take up the space? And, and figs, if you go back to uh, the first time that fig leaves were mentioned, it was in the garden when, when, when Adam and Eve discovered that they're naked. And so what did they do? They, they did a cover-up job. And then, uh, and he says, from now on, you're going to work. You're going to work by the sweat of your brows. You have made a choice right now. Out of your heart, you have made a choice. Now I have to separate you out of the garden from the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil that you've eaten off of from the tree of life. And, and, and now the cover-up starts. So he enters this temple where the biggest cover-up job ever is going on. It's called religion. Let's just all work and look good on the outside. Let's just sing and let's just preach and let's just, you know, hand out whatever. Uh, but it's an inside job. This is not really to do with the outside. And the first fruit on the fig tree is to pray. The first fruit that they should have been doing is to get on their knees and pray through that season because it's not the season of increase until it becomes the season of prayer. Hello, church. Don't expect the politicians to do what the church isn't willing to do. It's get on our knees and pray. Humble ourselves. And then we will have fruitfulness and we will have increase. When you deal with the issues that are in your heart by spending time with God in prayer, then the season will, will come of breakthrough and fruitfulness and increase. But until you're ready to address the seasons on the inside of you, you're not going to see the fruitful season on the outside. Amen? Oh, I know that's just tough news, isn't it? I don't know if that's good news or not. But in the morning as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered by the roots. Peter remembered said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed had withered. Now, he didn't actually curse it. It was already cursed. Anything that doesn't bear fruit is a curse. It's a creational violation because everything that God says, it's good. 
It's all good. It's be fruitful and multiply. That's, that's the command. Whatever doesn't do that is a curse. If your life is not bearing fruit and you're not believing for a breakthrough for increase, you may not know it and there's not some witch standing over you cursing you, but your, your life is cursed. Well, I know that's, this is getting really bad now, isn't it? I just want to shout to mountains, Pastor Ed, and let God remove them. Oh, we're going to get to that. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Verse 23, truly I say to you, anyone, if anyone says to this mountain, now the mountain that he was standing on right there was Mount Zion or the mount uh, where, the, where the temple was. If anyone says this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, believes what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive it, and it will be yours. And then you will, when you stand praying, uh, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you. You've got to weed that garden. Why does that stuff, even unforgiveness, take up the ground? And now in Matthew chap, Matthew's uh, rendition of this, I'm just going to read uh, verse 21. He's telling the same story. This is Matthew's perspective. In, in Matthew 21, 21, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith, and do not doubt. Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree. Stop. What was done to the fig tree? It was removed. It was cut down. The reason was it didn't bear fruit. So the fig tree is a creational violation. It represents the same thing in that parable. Why does it take up the soil? If it's not increasing and bearing fruit and it's in your life, start with your heart and ask the question, why is this not bearing fruit and increase in my life? If you want breakthrough, you've got to do some serious inside breakthrough heart surgery. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. Listen to me very, very carefully and we're closing. The mountains in your life that are keeping you from the breakthrough are not your problems or the obstacle or some institution out there somewhere. The mountains in your life keeping you from breakthrough they are the boundaries that you allow in your heart that are not of faith in God. Your mountain is nothing more than a big measure pressed down, shaken together, running over fig tree. It's a hard rock in your heart that needs to be busted out of there because it's now become mountain-sized just like religion had to Israel, the people of God. It was no longer a place of prayer. It was a den of thieves. It was a fig tree that had grown into a mountain. The mountain that you need to be shouting at is not some obstacle out there that's standing in the way of your destiny. It is something in here that is standing in the way of your destiny. That's the mountain that needs to be removed and be cast into the Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.